Hey everyone, welcome back to another solo episode of the Right Way Podcast. We have unleashed the beast since my last solo episode, Dear Publishing Industry, Fuck You, which if you haven't listened to, I highly encourage it. That is linked in the show notes. But I swear, I just first wanted to take a moment to say thank you to all of the authors, both published and unpublished, who took the time to listen, to reach out, to email me, to text me, to call me, to let me know that I am not alone in this and that this is your experience too. And I really feel, this will be another podcast for another day, but I really feel that there has to be another option for authors. There can't just be traditional publishing where we take a backseat to our careers and lose all control and kind of like hope for the best and put it all onto luck or timing. And we also can't just then have the other option to be self-publishing, which comes with its own challenges and can be really, really overwhelming and also not a guarantee. My new mission as an author is to advocate for other authors, to teach other authors how to advocate for themselves within the paradigm of publishing. We have to change it. We have to like step up for ourselves. We have to speak up for ourselves, know our rights, and change this antiquated model. And I know that's a huge, huge undertaking, but I really feel the more that we as authors just sit back and suck it up, the more and more this is going to happen and the more the cycle is going to be perpetuated and cyclical and having authors just feeling very frustrated and burned out, Um, which leads me to what today is all about. So I've always been a pretty radically honest person, um, sometimes to the point of being blunt or not being overly sensitive. And that podcast like really unleashed something in me because I feel like, you know, we talk a lot about social media on this, on this podcast. And while it has brought me so many amazing things and relationships and opportunities, I still, still feel, wow, that was really Southern. I still feel, (laughs) I still feel that it's so easy to put on a happy face and to see, like, just be polished and to, like, put a picture of yourself up and then talk about the program that you're offering or your books, which I do, you know, put the books up there and and start talking about that. But, like, that doesn't, it doesn't connect on a soul level. And I, putting out that podcast just unleashed something in me where I realized I haven't been brutally honest with myself in what I want, who I am, how I'm working, what I'm working for. Um, It like just unraveled something in me. So I'll try to make this long story short, but over the 4th of July holiday weekend, my family and I went to the cutest little place on earth called Serenby. It's in Georgia. It's about 30 minutes outside of Atlanta, and it is so idyllic. It's an agri-hood. It's new urbanism. So everything is completely curated to live your happiest, most intentional life, from nature to kids running free as they should to cute like coffee shops and bookstores. They even have an Acton Academy, which my daughter goes to here, to beautiful homes. It's all walkable and 
it's wildly artistic and cultural. It's it's getting more and more diverse, thank God, because that was my biggest concern when we first went there. I was like, oh my God, this is the whitest place. And it, it actually is not, thankfully. Um, but we wanted to have a wonderful 4th of July but with just my husband, my daughter, and myself in a place that actually could celebrate and feel like super cool. And as we got there and we're in this idyllic place, I just noticed my daughter seemed not not that excited and kind of withdrawn. And, you know, we've really dealt with some harsh realities this past year um, with her. She's nine and she's amazing. She's the most amazing being I've ever met. And I'm not just saying that. She is just special. And her joy and heart and enthusiasm has waned drastically over this past year. She has said things like, I feel worthless. I feel brainless. I don't know what my purpose is of living. And every time she gets upset, she just attacks herself because she says she doesn't want to attack someone else. And her routines have shrunk. You know, she hasn't been able to see as many friends. She is an only child. And I have witnessed in our little bubble as we've all been in survival mode, that we just react to each other. And then I, as a an individual, am very reactionary. I've always been very reactionary. I was a really angry child, um, really angry child, and have never really felt seen or validated or heard by my parents. So I've kind of created this persona of, if I work hard enough, I will be seen, valued, and loved. And that has been my MO my whole fucking life. And in Serenby, um, back to Serenby, I promise this has a point. We are in this paradise and it's just so easy and beautiful and wonderful. And we were like, we took the morning and we were hiking and we went to this waterfall and we were going to meet up with friends. And I realized like my my daughter and I were playing and we were um, burying this dead caterpillar and making like this little um, processional for it. And it dawned on me, I was like, oh my God, I don't really take the time to play with my child anymore. Like, sure. You know, we were in the trenches for the first, you know, I was, I was at home with her for three years. I nursed her for three years. Um, we were always so close, you know, way before she went into school and then all during school. And so, yes, there was tons of playing and all of that. But I will say the last few years and starting a business and being an author, I don't play with her for long periods of time anymore, which is super sad to me. Um, So we were playing and I got hungry and I said, I was intermittent fasting and I was like, oh, let's go get some lunch. And she kind of lost her mind. I was like, no, I don't want to leave. Totally normal reaction, right? And I just lost it. And when I lose it, I it's like I can't, I am judging her reaction as almost a dismissal of my parenting or almost a dismissal of, of me. It makes me feel the way that I did as a child when I would react so big and so loud and just be deemed angry or dramatic or whatever. And so I just spew venom and like say things that are, I don't even remember what I said in the moment. Like I was calm and then we started walking back and then I just 
oh my God, I just went on this rampage and I felt like unglued. Like I just, I here I was in this beautiful place surrounded by nature. I breathe, I meditate, I move, and I still am a fucking asshole to this little throbbing heartbeat spiritual creature. And I do it over and over and over again and then say I'm not going to do it anymore. And as we <laughs> we were walking, we stumbled into a, a bookstore. And as do most things in my life, books are signs for me. It's it's how I like the right book falls in my lap at the right time. And it's always been like that, which is amazing. And this book called The Conscious Parent fell, like literally fell off the shop, uh, off the shelf onto the floor. It was on the clearance rack and I picked it up and I was like, cool, it's five bucks. I'll get it. This book is totally changing my life and making me realize I, as a person, as a human, as a parent, we don't celebrate our beingness. We celebrate our doingness. When we praise our children, we it's all about like what they're doing. Oh, you behaved or you did this in school or good job or whatever. We, we are training them to like live in their doingness instead of their beingness. When they get angry, instead of riding those emotions like a wave and teaching them that it is safe to be whole in your emotions and it's okay to be angry and it's okay to be sad and we don't have to rush to make it feel better, we react. We react to their anger by getting angry. We want them to bend to our will instead of accepting things in an as-is capacity. And I'm not done with this book yet, but as I was going through it, it's not a how-to. It's just, it's a how to become conscious in your life. And as I was going through it and as I was going through the weekend and, you know, we were, we had the most idyllic 4th of July celebration and all these kids are running around with sparklers and Sophie was a little anxious and like the fireworks were a little loud and, you know, she hasn't been around a bunch of new kids in a long time. It's always the same kids. And I felt myself like judging and feeling like, oh my God, she's the only kid that's not just like having the best time instead of realizing my job as her parent is to help her navigate life and it's her life and these are her emotions. If she gets angry, that teaches me I need to be more patient. If she is scared, I need to be gentle and change my approach. Like that needs to be the lesson here for both of us and to really enter into a kinship with my daughter and not a dictatorship because I feel like I've I've been in somewhat of a dictatorship. I'm more of the disciplinarian. I'm you know, I take care of all our finances. I just am in this doingness, this hardness, this going, going, going. And as we were sitting there, I realized like, oh my God, I keep doing this. I keep repeating this pattern. Something has got to fucking change. And I knew exactly what that something was. So I don't know if many of you know, I, you know, have never worked a normal nine to five job on purpose. And I've always been a freelancer and I've always like 
come in to help companies or people when they need it. And then I step out when it's time to focus on my stuff. But ever since I've become an author, I have never had a season where I get to just be a writer. I am always working two to three gigs. Um, this was before Rightway, but like doing crazy side hustles, consulting for companies, working for companies just to make ends meet. And by doing that, I burrow into working and into the comfort of that doing this because that way I don't have to be emotional. I don't have to deal with my emotions. I don't have to open up myself to my daughter, to my husband, to myself. Instead, I can just hide by getting shit done and checking it off a list and, you know, feeling stressed and wanting to make money and just repeating it over and over and over again. And I think I've gotten really comfortable in that cyclical pattern of doing. So, you know, ever since, let's see, 20, 2017, I think 2018, I have worked with and consulted for a dear friend's company. And for some reason with this company, I always put them first above my daughter, above my own work, above <laughs> launching books. Like I've always stepped into that doing this because I'm the machine and I get shit done and I'm good at what I do. And, you know, I've realized like my love languages, they're definitely actually not words of affirmation like I thought they used to be because I've realized that has a, a less and less effect. What I really want is an equitable partnership if I'm working with anyone else. And so when I started my company, I was like, finally, I am just doing this one thing. I'm going to write my books and run my business. And that's that. And I recently, we recently hired a financial advisor and we need, it's ridiculous. It's just the three of us, but we need like around 10 grand to, to make ends meet for everything. And you know, I said to Alex, like, because he quit his comfy job to work with our company, but, you know, we, we had like 40 plus clients last year, 30 of which landed agents and book deals or got published, which is fucking incredible. But I constantly feel like I, you know, drive that ship. And I was like, man, we just need like 10 grand outside of the company that, comes in, you know, every single month. Like we need, we need to at least cover that. And again, this dear friend I was talking about offered me a consulting gig for 10 grand a month, which was the most money she's ever offered to pay me. And I would get to just be a consultant, like coaching writers, innovating, strategizing, doing all the things I love to do. And Part of me was like, oh man, is this too good to be true? Do I have time for this? And so I said, yes, I said yes for the summer. Now, let me preface this by saying I have not had a summer where I am not working around the clock, uh, maybe ever, especially not during book launch. This is the first summer I don't have a book coming out. My daughter is out of school until September. And here I was again, choosing work, choosing money, choosing the bottom line, Instead of just working on myself and my relationships, which I needed so much. And in Serenby, I realized like, as if my life depended on it, I have to do this or I'm not going to make it <laughs> as a human. So I started this gig anyway, and everything was going great. And then it kind of shifted and just, you know, 
meetings, 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 more executing versus strategizing. And it just started to not feel good. I started to feel the way I used to feel in that, oh my God, I got to get all this shit done. I put my business completely to the side. I put Sophie completely to the side. I put my writing completely to the side because this business has always felt more important than me. It's always felt more important than my business. And that foundation is not a good one. It doesn't feel good. And so I was contracted all the way to the end of summer. But I, after Serenby, like I had such a breakdown, such an emotional, physical, mental breakdown that I knew that I couldn't do it. And I knew it was horrible timing. I knew that I'd already agreed to it. I'd signed a contract. I'd said yes. And, but every day I got up, like I felt anxious in my body. I actually got a cold for the first time in three years, right before I was supposed to go to Chicago for a week, because I think my body was just like, you have got to step into your own power and start saying yes to things that you really want to say yes to. I've built all these boundaries so I can live my life so freely. And instead, I just add more and more and more on. So I went to this office for a week, gorgeous office. But the whole time I was like, this is not me. This is not my business. This is not how I want to grow my business. And I just, I got these, the, the clearest download ever. But like, how do you say that? I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to like get into it there and just, because because there was a lot of like cool opportunities that could come up, right? But it wasn't my path and it wasn't in alignment. And I also wasn't being honest, radically honest with myself and with her. So about a week ago, I sent an email, the most vulnerable, open, heartfelt email I've ever written um, to her. She was on vacation, which I realized was a total shitty thing to do. Um, but I I felt like if I don't get this out now, I'm going to chicken out. I'm going to just, I'm be like, oh, it's only two more months. I can do it. You know, it's what I always do. And so I did. I spoke my truth and I, I prefaced it by saying, I want to talk to you human to human, soul to soul. And this is not about business because our relationship has always been transactional in a way. It's always been more about business and specifically her business. And I felt like there was a real um, inequality there and there always has been. And that might be not that might not be her point of view, but it is definitely mine. I feel like there's just not room for me. And I just opened up and told her how I was struggling, that me as a mom, I'm I'm just in the weeds right now with it and need to heal myself and her. And it is the only thing that matters matters. But like I need time to heal. That is what I said. And I have never asked for anything in our 12-year relationship, but I was asking for this. Like, I need my summer. I just do. And, you know, I was just very clear and, you know, it was pretty long-winded. I'm a writer, <laughs> all of that. But I I sent it. I almost didn't send it. I was like, maybe this will be an exercise and just get it out there. But in the spirit of radical honesty for both of us, I sent it and then didn't hear anything. And, you know, I wasn't overly surprised by that, but I 
I um, heard from a woman who used to be my old boss, who's also working for them, and just was like, oh, you know, she let me know you're not going to be working with us from the for the summer. I'm super sad. Like, let's chat about it so we can figure out how to get things off your plate. And we had, she and I had a beautiful conversation and she kind of felt like she knew this was coming and this was with the other woman. And I, I felt really proud of myself for being honest and like, you know, change and being radically honest is so hard. And so many of us do work that doesn't light us up on a soul level or, you know, are kind of like biding our time, making ends meet. And for me, it just always comes back to money. And I realized like, because I've, I'm so familiar with this company and I'm so, so, so proud of what they created, but it doesn't feel like mine on a soul level. And after creating my own company, I want to just do that. I want to lean into that. I want to advocate for authors. I want to grow something beautiful. And I can't do that if I'm constantly giving my time, attention, energy, and talent to someone else for some other mission that may or may not benefit me in the long run. But I'm done taking a back seat for what I really need to do. And for me, like as excited as I am about my business, as excited as I am about, you know, being an author and what I could potentially do in that space, I have to heal some old wounds and I have to heal my relationship with my daughter and get just crystal clear about my intentions with everything, just being a human going forward. And so I ended up receiving just a very short text from my friend about all of this, just saying that she would reach out when she doesn't feel so reactionary and that, you know, there, because of this, there were reverberations in her company that she has to clean up. And, you know, it just, it really rubbed me the wrong way because I, when you put yourself out there, they're being very vulnerable and not making it about the business. I just, was really hurt that like that was the reaction that it was about the business. It wasn't about me struggling as a mom or as a human or whatever. And it just made me feel like an asset and not a, not a human being. And I know we'll, you know, we'll be fine and we'll work through it. But like at the same time, I like so many others have gone through a really big purge this last year with people, with habits, with, things that no longer serve us. And after, you know, I sent this email, I felt just a huge release of so much like pent up aggression that I've been holding and resentment for just having to work all the time. And I went to this amazing sacred women's circle on the new moon. And I could not believe as we went around the room, how many women have also purged this past year, but just how this, this cycle, this new moon cycle, even if you don't follow that shit, I totally understand, but it is all about self-reflection. It's all about going inward and not giving so much of yourself outward. And that was, it was so funny because I didn't know that, but that's what I felt I had to do. I mean, there was, there was no other option. It was kind of like once I decided to become a fiction writer again, it's like I was possessed and 
had to clear everything off the decks. I mean, I ended up quitting two of three jobs to write a book when I didn't really have to do that, but but I did have to do that. And that's what I felt here. Like, yes, it was quitting and walking away, but it's what I had to do. And I really feel like when you let things go, um, especially like amazing financial opportunities, new you do make room for new things to come in. And but this is also teaching me that it's I can't make decisions from a financial standpoint anymore. And I have to ask for what I want from my partner to meet me halfway and that it's not all on me at the end of the day and that I'm allowed to fall apart too. And I'm allowed to be uncertain and I'm allowed to mess up and make mistakes and be flawed. And if the people who are in my life can see me for me and that I really I really like offer so much of myself, but right now I need to focus on, on me and my daughter and my husband and my little world that I've created. And just, you know, this weekend we was super rainy here. And, um, but on Saturday, you know, my daughter went to a play date, my husband went to jujitsu and I went on a two hour hike and just, breathed and moved and talked to my best friend and just kind of opened up and felt this release. And then yesterday we snuggled all day and like watched movies and played Legos and just really were seeing each other. And I think it's crazy how, you know, in our own houses, we don't see each other. We don't, we're just like reacting to the to the person that we've created all these conditions and habits with. But I want to see myself for the being that I am and not all the other shit that I've like put on top of myself with labels and accolades and accomplishments and failures and struggles. And that's not who I want to present to the world. I want to present the person who's not quite sure how everything's going to work out, who is radically honest and is in alignment and is just here for it all. And what I've really realized is like, I know our tendency is to go like run and have this big adventure and like, we're going to do a lot of traveling this year. And I think that's really awesome. But I want to heal myself right where I am today. I want to focus on that work, not going off to, you know, like traveling across the world as much as I would love to do that. But like focusing on the here and now creating new routines, new habits, new ways of being right where I am. And the parenting journey, you know, for me has been one of the most difficult because I never planned on having a child. It wasn't in my, in the cards for me. I told my husband when we first met, like, Hey, if you want to have this, I want you to have it, but it's not for me. And then she was a total accident. Like she totally picked us. I swear to God. (laughs) And it's been so incredible when I am open and realizing that she is her own special being. And I think I actually, I don't think I know our kids are here as the best guides and the best teachers is like cheesy as that sounds when we let them, and it's not about letting them, you know, letting them run wild and no discipline. And no, I'm not talking about that. I'm just saying like, you know, when they speak, do you really listen? 
And when they have ideas, do you really trust them? And, or are we too busy trying to like get all the shit done, make sure they're taken care of with like school and play dates and extracurricular activities that they don't even get a say so in their lives. And I think that is a model for how we live our lives and how we structure our lives and how we like just cram all the shit in and then wake up and wonder like, why don't I feel happy? Why don't I feel fulfilled? Why, what is really missing? And I think for me, what's missing is, is getting in touch with myself and healing myself and loving myself and understanding myself as I am, not for anything that I'm doing. So I challenge you to, if you're a parent, like looking at your child in their whole state, understanding that life really is meant to flow and we don't have to resist against it. We don't have to react to everything. We can just step into the as isness of any situation. And it really does change everything. Um, if you're not a parent, I think it still applies to just being conscious and waking up to your life. I highly recommend the conscious parent, even if you're not a parent, it's revelatory, truly, truly revelatory. I think it came out in like 2010. I don't have it in front of me. So of course I'm going to forget the author's name. Um, she's fantastic. It's such an amazing book. And I really, really hope that if you are out there struggling with letting go of something or you feel like you're not being a hundred percent honest with yourself about what you want to do, where you want to live, who you're living with, like what you really want. It is the greatest gift to give that to yourself and allow yourself to ask for what you want. For me, it's asking for help. Almost like I need permission to do what I want to do. And I don't need permission. I need to open myself up to receive. And, and that really is the work. And doing it on a second by second, day by day timeline and just realizing that I'm never going to reach a place where it all feels awesome. But every single day I can make sure that I am here, that I am present and paying attention. And I challenge you to do the same. Thank you guys so much for listening. Oh, my God.